You are listening to Pharmacy IT and Me, your informatics pharmacist podcast. As with every episode, we start off this one stating that the intended audience are uh, students who want to learn more about informatics or newcomers to the informatics field. So today we're going to be talking about clinical decision support. It's going to be just a general overview, not going to go into too much detail, just a kind of an introduction to people who don't know what this is yet. So uh, we're going to talk about what is CDS, uh, maybe some of the advantages of using CDS, the disadvantages of using CDS, some of the barriers that we might encounter when trying to implement a new CDS system, how CDS and medication safety are related, and what exactly a pharmacist's uh, role will be in clinical decision support. So, what is CDS? So, CDS is the acronym that means uh, Clinical Decision Support. So, the formal definition is that it's context-based knowledge to help with the physician or provider in order entry. So, it means that this is a kind of a logic-based or rule-based system where it helps at the point of an order entry for the provider to place in orders that kind of help them with like diagnostics or catching uh, potential issues like drug interactions. And CDS encompasses, but it's not limited to alerts, reminders, um, getting them to follow clinical guidelines, condition-specific order sets, focused patient data reports, documentation templates, diagnostic support, and reference information. So CDS doesn't really work by itself. It works synergistically with CPOE. And CPOE, which we will talk about more in another episode, is the computerized provider order entry. That just means it's the electronic version of a provider placing orders in the chart. The CDS works synergistically with that because the CDS stuff are the alerts that pop up while someone is doing uh, CPOE. It can be alerts. It can be order sets that help them with ordering. It can be a number of things. One of the things that is very important for CDS to work efficiently and successfully is that it needs to be filtered. And what I mean about filtered is that it can't just be firing for anything. It can't be just like, you know, hey, this patient's serum creatinine is 2.5. And then that fires for every single drug that the provider orders because not all the drugs will need to, you know, go through the renal pathway and they may not need to um, be reviewed if the patient has a high serum creatinine. So in terms of the medication process, just to recap what the medication process is, there's ordering, transcription, dispensing, and administration. And where the CDS applies is that it affects the ordering side of things. It helps with reducing errors, reducing the holes in the barriers um, on the ordering side so that less errors are going to be possible. So what are some of the advantages of using CDS? It helps with reducing adverse drug reactions. Sometimes an alert can pop up to remind the provider that, hey, this patient has an allergy here, or hey, this patient has had a bad reaction before, or, you know, they have some of these labs that predispose them to getting an adverse drug reaction. It reminds the provider, hey, you need to check this again, and it helps reduce the potential for adverse drug reactions. In addition, it can help workflow become more efficient. Um, there's, you know, providing diagnostic support. In the previous place that I worked at, we had a sepsis advisor where when a patient is in sepsis and the provider orders it an order called sepsis advisor, it goes through a series of questions that the provider answers 
And it um, kind of suggests the provider that this patient may have this based on the questions that the provider has answered. So that's a type of CDS that provides diagnostic support. Um, there's also interaction checking that is moved back to the physician level. So before having CDS implemented, interaction checking was really checked by the pharmacist on the verification side by moving the interaction checking a few steps back towards the provider. It gives an extra layer of protection before it gets to the pharmacist. Um, sometimes you can also use CDS for cost effectiveness. And an example of that would be um, having an alert fire when the patient meets qualifications for IV to PO switches for antibiotics. And uh, it gives the opportunity to switch it, which reduces the length of stay and reduces the risk of infection and keeps the patient in a stable state that they can be discharged faster. And uh, over time, the CDS will improve patient care and satisfaction as the data of the patient, it collects for a fuller picture. Every single alert is logged. Um, all of that data is being collected for the patient. So over time, the provider has a larger amount of data to work with for that particular patient, and they get to make diagnostic decisions at a better accuracy. But you know, there's always some um, advantages and disadvantages, right? So disadvantages to CDS is that it's very high maintenance to keep up to date. There's a lot of these rules and there's a lot of these programming aspects to it that will need high maintenance to keep up to date. Sometimes what we find is the providers may rely on it too much and it leads to some of the users not using as extensive of clinical judgment. And if it is not filtered correctly, alert fatigue will happen. And if alert fatigue will happen, there needs to be an ongoing process for alert optimization and fatigue reduction. Some of the barriers to implementing a CDS system uh, one of the things I already stated was alert fatigue. Another thing is staffing. The amount of people that need to be trained to maintain the system can range, can range from the, you know, their history of experience and clinical background. So the staffing may be required to maintain the system in addition to having staffing train the people how to use it correctly and having staffing retrain people. Um, in addition, it needs a framework to be done. It's not really one of those things that, you know, willy-nilly, we can just change this alert. It's it's something that needs committee decisions and outlines of what needs to be done. And, you know, there's also a barrier of socio-technical issues, which is how everyone uses the computer. Some people are more tech-savvy than others. And when creating these alerts, you have to take that into account. Can't make the alert too complicated because the people who don't have a tech-savvy background will have issues with it. So in terms of clinical decision support and medication safety, uh, one of the ways that you can optimize alert fatigue, an example would be a med safety officer in conjunction with pharmacy, a physician, and nursing, uh, they would review the percentage of alerts bypassed and what their clinical significance is. And then the filtering of alerts will be uh, filtered specific to situations. There will be fine-tuning of alerts that are bypassed over a threshold amount, and then continual monitoring and reassessment periodically uh, must be done for optimization purposes. So what about a pharmacist's role in clinical decision support? So this is where your clinical skills shine. So there are three things that can happen. There's content creation, there's trigger events, and there's evidence review. So in terms of content creation, pharmacists are the ones that understand the workflow. They understand what clinical decision support things or items need to be created to account for the daily workflow. Uh, in terms of trigger events, Pharmacists are usually aware of trigger events, which are new adverse drug reactions that show up, new black box warnings, uh, sometimes the FDA med watch alerts, 
new abbreviated um, new drug applications for generics and sometimes when there's new off-label uses. Any of these are events where pharmacists will be aware of and then once those are identified, then a CDS alert can be built for that. And then in addition, there's evidence review. So pharmacists are clinically trained and they can review and justify why a certain CDS alert needs to be created. And this involves um, researching and literature review. So that was just a very, very, very general overview of CDS. Uh, we might go into some more details in future episodes. If you like this episode, you can subscribe and rate us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or any of your other favorite podcasting services. You can follow us on social media at PharmacyITMe, or you can send us an email at PharmacyITMe at gmail.com. And you can also follow me on my personal Twitter account at TonyDowPharmD. Uh, thank you again for listening, and I'll see you on the next episode of Pharmacy IT and Me. And remember, technology is the tool, patient care is the goal.